listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Tokyo Confidential. This is your host, Alan, and today we will be discussing the factors driving Japan's efficient lost and found system and its uncanny ability to reunite owners with their lost property. Phones left in taxis, briefcases forgotten under train seats, dropped wallets, abandoned umbrellas, misplaced purses. Japan's 126 million residents lose a vast number of personal items every year but a remarkably high percentage of them are returned to their rightful owners. As a recent BBC story reported, 83% of cell phones lost in Tokyo, for example, are eventually returned to their owners. The scheme for reuniting unlucky people with their wayward valuables relies on a complex mix of infrastructure, carrot-and-stick legal encouragement, and cultural norms. Taken together, they form a shockingly efficient system that has long been a source of wonder for Western observers. The process usually begins at the local koban, police boxes, that form the basis of Japan's community-based approach to law enforcement. Koban, some 6,300 spread across the country, are small, strategically located police stations that serve as most residents' point of contact with the police. Across the sprawling metropolis of Tokyo, more than 4.1 million lost items were turned into police in 2018, a number that has been rising in recent years. Nationwide, Some 26.7 million objects were reported missing in 2015. Wallets, purses, and umbrellas are among the most common items turned in, along with cash. A record-setting 3.8 billion yen was returned in 2018. Three-quarters of that sum ultimately made its way back to their owners. In Tokyo, after officers fill in a report at the Koban on the lost item and the finder's identity, the items are held at the police box for one month, before being sent to the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department's newly renovated Lost and Found Center. The center, located in the capital's Bunkyo Ward, is a six-story facility that hosts some 900,000 lost items, including a 7,100-square-foot room dedicated solely to lost umbrellas. In 2018, almost 350,000 umbrellas, nearly 8% of all lost items, were handed over to police. On a rainy day, as many as 3,000 umbrellas may be turned into police. Once at the center, each item is carefully logged and checked for personally identifying information that might assist in contacting the rightful owner. The center also operates a searchable Japanese-language lost-and-found website cataloging lost items. If, after three months, the rightful owner cannot be found, ownership of most items may revert to the person who found it, or to the municipal government. For some unclaimed items, such as clothing, musical instruments, and stationery, local governments may sell the goods to wholesalers who hold pop-up sales throughout the month. Japan's heavily trafficked rail stations are another common point to return found items, with central rail lost and found depots available to store items for up to two weeks before being turned over to police. According to figures released by the Sagami Railway Company, over 85,000 items were turned into station staff in 2018 one quarter of which were umbrellas. Of these items, 31.4% ultimately found their way back to their rightful owners. This number is skewed, however, by the low number of umbrella retrievals. Typically less than 1% of owners actually come back to claim their lost umbrellas. A finely tuned lost and found system, however, cannot exist on infrastructure alone. Fostering a culture that emphasizes returning lost property is also needed. And in Japan, it is a lesson that begins at a young age. In a now viral Twitter post, a woman named Keiko recounted how her young son found a 50 yen coin in a park in Japan's Hokuriku region. He insisted on turning in the money, worth less than 50 cents US, 
at a nearby Koban. At first, Keiko worried what reaction the six-year-old would get from the officers on duty, but the police response surprised her. Quote, Several officers came out of the Koban, asked where and when the coin was picked up, and filled out the official lost and found document, end quote, and offered praise to her son. Keiko credits her son's school for his actions. Quote, Children are taught at nursery school and kindergarten to return found items to the Koban, she says in an emailed response to my questions. She also praised the response of officers. Quote, My son is just six years old, but they treated his concerns as those of an adult. Indeed, it is not uncommon in Japan to hear stories of young children turning in small coins or trinkets to police, who then dutifully fill out a lost and found report. It helps that police in low-crime Japanese cities often have lots of time on their hands. Public notices from the police are also periodically released, reassuring parents that children returning nominal lost goods are not a burden on officers. For myself, as an English teacher in Guma Prefecture, about 90 miles northwest of Tokyo, I once returned from a weekend in the city, stopping by a grocery store adjacent to the train station. At some point between paying for my groceries and placing them in my car, I unknowingly dropped my wallet. The next day, before I had even noticed my wallet was actually gone, I received a phone call at work. It was the police in Takasaki, located about 75 minutes from the town in which I lived. Someone had turned in my wallet. Driving out to the police station after work, I found my wallet and its contents neatly catalogued in small plastic bags. Cash, credit card, driver's license, and residence card, all accounted for down to the penny. Japanese property laws also play a role in the endurance of the country's culture of returning lost items. A New York Times story from 2004 credits a legal code written as far back as the year 718. More recently, Japan's Amended Lost Property Act came into force in 2007, mandating that those finding lost items must return them to their owner, to the police, or to another designated authority, such as a train station lost and found office. This amended law originally derives from lost property legislation dating back to 1882, which tracks closely with the codification of broader property rights that occurred during the Meiji period. For finders, Article 28 of the law provides a reward of 5 to 20% of the returned item's value in cases where it is reunited with its owner. For items that go unclaimed, the finder is entitled to take ownership after three months have elapsed, accepting goods such as cell phones or other items that have potentially identifying information. Finders are, however, permitted to decline the reward and or remain anonymous, as was the case with the person who found my wallet in Takasaki. The question, of course, is whether the Japanese model can be adapted in places where, where lost and found success rates are decidedly lower. In 2003, University of Michigan professor Mark West conducted a famous lost wallet study comparing return rates in New York City, just 10%, versus Tokyo, 80%. West has said that such striking displays of community altruism speak to the power of Japanese legal tradition rather than anything deeper. There's no evidence that Japanese people have extreme norms of honesty, he told the LA Times in 2003. It's partly cultural training, but mostly the law that urges people to hand in property to the police. Worldwide, research has shown complex psychology behind the return of lost goods, including the surprising finding that the more money a lost wallet contains, the higher the likelihood of it being turned in. Other cities, however, can definitely take a page from Japan's robust lost and found infrastructure. In 2007, for example, New York City Council member Gail Brewer prepared a scathing report on the property recovery scheme used by New York City's 
Police Department, and Taxi Commission, criticizing it as a Byzantine long ride to nowhere. A confusing decentralized patchwork of custodians, some of whom are not even aware of their role within the system, and inefficient cataloging methods make phone and wallet recovery something of a gamble for New Yorkers. Police resources are also a factor. North American cities lack Koban networks, although several have attempted to replicate that model over the years, and community policing still struggles to supplant traditional methods to law enforcement. There's no single quality that makes Japan a loser's paradise. Generating the necessary community buy-in, infrastructure, and policing resources needed to make a successful lost-and-found system, however, requires concerted effort and appropriate funding. That does it for this week's episode. Stay tuned next week when we discuss... Oh, well, well, we'll figure that out later. As always, stay safe and keep curious. Thank you.